welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage, where movie buff Phil Kenny talks me through the films and TV series that have used the recently deceased Jumbo Floating Restaurant or some of the more historic floating seafood restaurants as the perfect Hong Kong backdrop or even gone inside to make it a command centre. Spider-Man was shot with a tranquilizer gun and fell into the Aberdeen Harbour from the top. Not sure if that was before or after he climbed up Jardine House from the outside. There was Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan movies, but also French, Japanese and German productions. The disclaimer is that my knowledge of local movies is fairly rudimentary. It's sort of limited to Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee, <laughs> Bruce Lee films, which brings me into how I got into this. So the reason why I started getting into film locations is because as, as a young boy, I was fascinated by Bruce Lee and Into the Dragon, because uh, that was the only film that they, they ever showed in the UK when I was growing up. And just seeing all these locations uh, in Hong Kong, and I really wanted to go and just be there and see what it was like. So when I came over in 2006 now, actually, one of my first objectives in my spare time was to try and track down all these film locations. For from, it, from Enter from, the Dragon. From Enter the Dragon, yeah. yeah. So it was like a boyhood goal to, to visit all these places that they used, assuming that they were still around anyway. And that developed into an interest in film locations in general. And then I started seeing a few more local films, like the Jackie Chan films and things like that, and I would find locations for those as well, and it just kind of ballooned into that. But I'd noticed that uh, there was quite a few other people doing a similar thing, so I thought, well, I don't really want to go over a similar thing that everybody else is doing, so I thought I'd spend my focus on foreign movie productions that came to Hong Kong to film, of which Enter the Dragon could be classed as, as that, because it was a joint US and Hong Kong production, the very first one, in fact. Roper. Williams and Lee, the deadly three, penetrate the secret chambers of an evil island empire. What do you know about Han? He lives like a king on that island, totally self-sufficient. A fortress without walls, protected by an invincible army that needs no ordinary weapons. This is Enter the Dragon, the first martial arts film produced by a major Hollywood studio. John Saxon is Roper. He was in it for the money. U.S. karate champion Jim Kelly as Williams. He was there because he had no choice. Black Belt Hall of Fame undisputed martial arts champion and international film star Bruce Lee. His job was to get them out alive. I'm hoping you'll join us, represent us in the United States. You want me to join this? Roper, Williams, and Lee. Just when they think they've broken the secret of the island, they find there is no escape from the inscrutable Han. Warner Brothers presents Enter the Dragon where the world's greatest martial arts athletes meet the ultimate challenge with the most ancient and deadly of weapons, the human body. Enter the Dragon from Warner Brothers. So I, I just started researching and finding all these films that are, you know, expecting there to be maybe 20 or 30, something like that. And uh, I'd uncovered really what is a treasure trove of all these films that were filmed throughout the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, less so in the 90s, a few more recently as well. I think one of the main things that I found was the way that, without really intending to, they documented a lot of the older Hong Kong, you know, which is also what I was interested in. 
Oh, yes, definitely. If I watch, say, for example, Love is a Many Splendid Thing or The World of Susie Wong, I mean, it's, yes, I mean, the, the actual story is very dated. Um, yes. There are some <laughs> tropes and cliches and, and uh, worse in, and, and the choice of also, I mean, Jennifer Jones, we could, you know, there's all sorts of things that have changed, say, over the decades. But yeah. in terms of, as I agree, seeing the, the old cars going up the hill, there's a whole variety of scenes, yes, that are very interesting to look at of old Hong Kong. Yeah, I mean, the benefit really for these film companies coming over was that they were shooting in colour a lot of the time. Not always, but, you know, things like you say, uh, Love is a Many Splendid Thing, Soldier of Fortune that mm. was shot, I think, six months before that with Clark Gable. Um, that you know they were all filming in full colour, which the local film industry hadn't really started using yet. I mean, there's the tale of the Bruce Lee film The Orphan, which was filmed in 1959, which was the year he left Hong Kong to go to the US. There'd been a black and white version of it in Hong Kong, but apparently they'd sent the negatives off to, I think, the rank laboratories in London to have them developed in colour. And apparently this reel sat in the rank archives for many, many years until the head of the Hong Kong Film Archive went to London looking for films and said, you know, do you have any Hong Kong films that we can take back to Hong Kong? And she found this colour negative of The Orphan, which was filmed in 1959. Now, I don't think it's ever been on general release, but I think you can watch it at the, at the Film mm. Archive. But again, it's, you know, like this colour film of 1950s Hong Kong. I mean, otherwise, the only place where you can see this, this kind of footage is on home, you know, people who were rich enough to have a camera at the time and, and film, you know, there's lots of film on, on YouTube. But obviously it's, it's very kind of amateurish, I guess. It's, it's shaky and sometimes you, you can't necessarily see the detail. But these earlier films captured... Hong Kong at a time which now is just completely unknown, really, I think, to most people. So Love is a Many Splendid Thing, Soldier of Fortune, and then The World of Susie Wong, as you said. So it's actually great. You know, one of the things that appeals to me is, is trying to track down these locations after so many years because a lot of times they've completely changed or buildings have been demolished and replaced on two or three more occasions. So in the same way that they do the Sun Yat-sen Heritage Trail, do you think that we could have a few movie trails, you know, here this was shot? You know, I think it's really a missed opportunity with the, the tourist board here. I think there's a lot more film tourism here than they actually appreciate. Mm. Uh, most of the interactions I have online are, you know, similar-minded people. You know, I love coming to Hong Kong and seeing all these old locations and this kind of stuff. I'm sure other cities do it. But Hong Kong has a foreign film history in, in Hong Kong going back to the early 50s. Yeah, it's definitely something that I think they should really look at, especially if they want to encourage a little bit more tourism following this uh, pandemic situation. Now, William Holden and Jennifer Jones, they go off on a very romantic evening. They're off on the sandpan to go to a brightly lit seafood restaurant. And the funny thing was that it's based on a book by Han Su Yin, the Dr Han Su Yin, and she actually says that it wasn't as romantic as that at all, because she had a whole bunch of kids in the sandpan. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I've, so, I've not read the book. Yeah, <laughs> so she wasn't quite looking in William yeah. Holden's eyes at that point. So, yeah. But just if we can have a timeline on the jumbo, I mean, would that have been an earlier incarnation of the jumbo, or was that a different uh, seafood restaurant? It wasn't an early version of the jumbo. It, it was actually the Thai Pak, the original Thai Pak, which I believe was launched around 1952, something like that. It's quite difficult to pin down the dates. It's How do you launch a seafood restaurant? I mean, is there a sort of like, do you whack a bottle of champagne on a rope? Does I Princess Margaret come? Or? I, 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 well, I wonder if it's like when they open a new shop here and they have like the, fl the flower boards oh, and yes. they have maybe they have a, a like a 
lion dance or something like that. Yeah. I, I don't really know. Because I'm also trying to, I mean, I'm completely going off um, the storyline now, but I mean, just with the, the jumbo now, I mean, is that a barge? You know, it's 73 metres or something excessive. So is it, I mean, it what would you class it as? I don't know. Cause I mean, it, people were saying a vessel and I was like, well, it's not a ship, but I suppose yeah. it is of sorts. Well, I mean, even when it was in Aberdeen, it was on piles, wasn't it? It was on wooden piles. They didn't, it wasn't actually floating. Yeah, so uh, my my only other experience of a floating restaurant in Hong Kong is the concrete Shartin one, which is uh, like a homage to the old Shartin floating restaurant, which was of a very very similar design to you know the, the the ones in Aberdeen. But you rarely hear anything about it. It was on a French film in 1964. But with the demise of the jumbo, I mean, it's been very interesting to look at the the different types of floating restaurants that yeah, we did have here in Hong Kong. So the first one is the Thai Pak. Well, I think there was another one before that called the Yule Thai as well, which was around the same time when the Thai Pak started. And I think that was very much a local affair because the floating community in, in Aberdeen, I guess they needed somewhere to celebrate special occasions as, and, and things like that. But the, the Yule Thai was a very basic one. And the original Thai Pak in 1952 was also quite basic. It was just a like a boxy thing, you know, with I think it was two floors surrounded by a kind of veranda, I guess. And then the restaurant was inside. I mean, because the jumbo was fantastic. I mean, it's much later, opened by Stanley Ho in 1976. Yeah. But you're saying there's an earlier incarnation of the jumbo. Well, OK, so the Thai Pak was in 1952. And then later in the 50s was the Sea Palace, which you will have seen on the World of Suzy Wong. It, was, it had like a golden roof and it was modelled on the marble boat in the Summer Palace in Beijing. It kind of had like a curved prow and like fake wooden paddles on the sides. So if, if you look at pictures of the, I think it's called the, the Sekvong in, uh, in Beijing, it was burnt down in the Second Opium War. It was originally made of wood and then they rebuilt it in the, the last dynasty, made it out of marble. And the Sea Palace was based on that. And so it was a whole level of ostentatiousness above the original Thai pack. And I, I think what it did, it, it kind of upped the game to try and attract customers, I guess. Because it wasn't long after the Sea Palace arrived that the, the original Thai pack, the small boxy one, it was moved to Chu Mun, Castle Peak Bay. And it was replaced by the, like, the triple-roofed version that we're more familiar with today. You know, that was kind of them competing with the, the arrival of the Sea Palace, I think. I mean, I know with the Jumbo that there was a beautiful carved dragon. There, there were some superb items within. So I hope that that didn't all go down with the ship. I don't know. I mm. mean, it would be such a shame if, if it has, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I know that they took the engines out, but I don't know what else has been preserved because there was that great dragon neon as yes. well. So I think uh, for me as a heritage person, along with the insurance investigation that must be done properly, I think, and the licences that it was allowed to leave under in Hong Kong, I think with, you know, it would be useful for everybody from a heritage perspective to know what was on board or not. And uh, I think also it's really shown the, the reactions from people in the past couple of weeks to it being floated out, the people who turned up to wave it goodbye. It shows that, you know, all the different types of heritage that we have in Hong Kong and, and this uh, sort of what it means to different people and, and um, just having it there in Aberdeen. Back to the films. So in terms of the jumbo itself in the mid-1970s. Yeah, so the original jumbo was due to be launched in 1971, October 1971, and I think it was two weeks before its opening date, there was a catastrophic fire. When the jumbo was adding the final decorations on the 30th of October 1971 for the opening ceremony of the Aberdeen Fishing Village, a welding spark caused a massive fire. Photographs show the floating restaurant going up 
in an inferno. The Alexander Grantham fireboat also joined efforts to put out the fire. The four-deck structure was engulfed in flames within minutes and 34 people were killed. The restaurant was eventually rebuilt and opened in 1976. After they put the fire out, they just towed it to the side of the shelter and just left it there. So it burnt in October 1971, and then in 1973, I think it was either February or March 1973, when Warner Brothers were in Hong Kong to shoot Enter the Dragon with Golden Harvest and Bruce Lee. Uh, there's a scene where all the actors meet on a junk in Aberdeen Harbour in preparation to go to Hans Island. And one of the shots is you can see the junk coming towards the camera and in the background on the left-hand side there's the collapsed wreck of, ah. of the original Jumbo. So it, I, don't, I don't know when it was eventually completely removed but a year and a half later it was still there at the side of the typhoon shelter with its collapsed roof and burnt-out husk and all this kind of thing. So movies really do document different parts of our Hong Kong exactly, history. Exactly, yes. yes. This is it. This is the fascinating thing. You know, often when I watch these films, I'm not really paying attention to the story <laughs> no, at that's all. Well, me too. I'm, yeah, I'm just looking at the location. Just as well sometimes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, but would um, you be up for an end to the Dragon tour, Phil? Yeah, no problem at all. <laughs> you know, I've uh, I spent a lot of time looking into that film, so I, I, I know pretty much all the sites. Yeah. Around Hong Kong? Around Hong Kong, out, out in the New Territories as well. They, they went everywhere. I think, you know, Bruce was trying to uh, show his, his hometown to the, to the best for foreign audiences. I think he did it quite well. Um, certainly got me hooked. That's you know, probably one of the reasons why I'm here now, really. So Enter the Dragon? Enter the Dragon, yeah, we can do an Enter the Dragon tour. But it, we might have to get a car because <laughs> they're very spread out. Yeah. Let's see what we can we'll do. Hire a taxi for the day. Yeah. So Stanley Ho opens the jumbo restaurant that we know today in 1976. So what movies have uh, been on there or featured it in more recent times? Um, surprisingly, actually, not many films have used it as a, an actual location. You know, there, there's been very little filming actually on Jumbo. Obviously, lots of people film in Aberdeen because it was just this portrait of local Hong Kong colour that people wanted to capture, you know, whether it was the boat people or the, or the floating restaurants or, or whatever. But there's been a, a ton of films that have captured it in the background. I think the first one was 1978, Oliver's Story. Actually, they did film on the Jumbo. It was Ryan O'Neill and Candice Bergen. Um, the story is they come over because Candice owns uh, some factories for her fashion company or something like that, and they, they come over to have a look and they're having a like a heart to heart on the jumbo and you can actually in the background you can see the Thai pack and the sea palace <laughs> so the, the, they must have been on the jumbo because I was the only one the only one that was there um, that was in 1978 I think the main production that utilised the jumbo the most wasn't actually a film or it wasn't originally a film mm. uh, but I don't know if you remember the, the late 1970s the Amazing Spider-Man series with Nicholas Hammond Oh, no, I didn't think you were coming up with that. No. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, well, obviously everybody knows Nicholas Hammond from The Sound of Music because he was one of the Von Trapp children. Oh, right. Yes, and uh, in the late 70s so he... he... Wore, wore curtains as shorts or something. <laughs> well, in, in, <laughs> Permanently damaged. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the, in the late 70s he became Spider-Man. He was, you know, oh, the right. Spider-Man that I grew up with and the Spider-Man that, that I loved, even though... Did you, did you try and stick your way up, up walls? I, I used to jump off walls and, and, I, <laughs> and I had a little Spider-Man like movable doll and all this kind of stuff and, uh, and, and that was because of that show.
But what they did, they they made an extended episode of the show called, I think it was called The Chinese Web. And basically they filmed it all in Hong Kong. I think it was originally like a two-part show or something like that, you know, each one like a feature length. But what they did, because of the success or because they wanted to recoup their money in in some other way, they edited the two episodes into one feature-length film and they actually gave it a theatrical release. And it was called the Spider-Man, I think it was the Dragon's Challenge. I don't think it's had a DVD release, but it's it's definitely on YouTube. You can watch it there. And they filmed extensively on the Jumbo when it was actually parked right up on on the waterfront. You know, it wasn't in the middle of the harbour. For some reason, it was parked on the waterfront. And, and it was basically the venue where the, you know, the bad guys kind of get together and do all their business. And, and there's a scene where Spider-Man sort of infiltrates and he's climbing all over the jumbo. And then he's shot with a tranquilizer dart. And he falls from the very top of the jumbo into the harbour. And, uh, you know, this is in the 1970s when the floating city was still there, you know, before they'd moved them into the government housing surrounding and um, the stuntman who, who did all of Nicholas Hammond's stunts, you know, dressed up in the Spider-Man suit, he, he climbed up the side of Jardine House, Connaught Centre at the time, and all this kind of stuff. There's a scene with him <laughs> climbing up the side. It's very impressive. Well, the stuntman was a chap called Fred War, and uh, he took one look at the, the water in the Aberdeen Harbour, and he says, there's no way I'm falling into that. So they, apparently they had to get a local Chinese uh, stuntman to, to do that particular stunt because none of the American stuntmen would do it because, you know, it was just so dirty. The water was just so dirty at the time. But that, I think, is the most extensive use of the Jumbo as, as an actual filming location for um, most of the other films that came to Hong Kong. They filmed in Aberdeen and it became part of the background. So they did kind of get it in there a little bit. I mean, jumping right to to more recent times in 2011, Mm. I know in the movie Contagion, which is partly shot here, that uh, Gwyneth Paltrow stars and she apparently catches whatever this big bug is called from a chef at Jumbo. And this astonished me more from the fact that Gwyneth Paltrow of Gloop would eat. (laughs) (laughs) I thought she'd be like on seaweed smoothies. Yeah, yeah. I must admit, I I did read that and I have seen the film. But, you know, the interior of the the jumbo, I mean, you could recreate that in a studio. Mm. I I don't don't think there's any, you know, it's nice to know that they did actually film inside. But um, there's nothing really in that film that tells you that it is the jumbo unless you read the credits. But I guess before that, there's the Noble House series. So what was that? Okay, so Noble House was the serialisation of James Clavell's sort of rather exciting novel about 1960s Hong Kong. And I think it was set in 1963 in the book, but when they filmed it with Pierce Brosnan in the 80s, they brought it forward to the modern time. This is where James Clavell used real Hong Kong history and sort of wove it into his story because there are two striking disasters in his book. One is the burning of a floating restaurant and the other one is the collapse of the tower during the rainstorm at the end of it. I hope I'm not spoiling it for anyone. They did film the, the exterior shots. Is for, that what happened? Yeah, oh, sorry. Uh, but anyway, there's one scene where they have this dinner party on, on this floating restaurant. And in the book, I can't remember what it's called, but in the series, it's called The Flying Dragon or something like that. And, you know, the place catches fire and the two main antagonists, I suppose, are on board and one of them rescues the other one and all this kind of stuff. But that was obviously based on the 1971 burning of the original Jumbo. For the exterior shots, you know, they uh, as they approach the floating restaurant, they, they actually filmed in Aberdeen, you know, the Jumbo, They I think they changed the sign to make it into Flying Dragon or something like that. But I believe the interior shots and the bit where it actually burns the set that they used for the burning was, was on a, a film set somewhere. I, d- I don't think they shot that in Hong Kong. 
but certainly the approach you know you can see the jumbo so that's the only other time i can really think where it figures significantly albeit under another name the thing with films that they, they can be a little bit tricky there there was a 1981 film with klaus kinski it was a, a french japanese production so you can kind of imagine the content that's that's in the film but it's called uh les fruits de la passion and uh, in that movie... Well, I don't know what I'm imagining <laughs> Well, in, in that movie, they, you know, you see Klaus Kinski on one of those little shuttle boats that, you know, ferry you to and from the shore to the, to the restaurant. And you see him approaching the restaurant. And actually, the, the one that he gets onto is the Taipak. You see it looking out rather than looking towards the Taipak. But when the, the film sort of used the shot of where they are, you know, the establishing shot, they use the jumbo. So it's kind of there, in, you know, in, in all its glory. What happened to the tie pack? As far as I know, I haven't been to Aberdeen for quite some time, but I did ask someone to let me know, and they said that the tie pack is still there. Mm. It's looking a little bit decrepit, apparently. Some some parts are f falling down a little bit. But um, I don't know why that wasn't towed. I don't know, because obviously... Shh. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, you see, the tie pack is a, lot, is a lot more historical, because that version of the tie pack has been around since the... Well, not that version, but that tie pack has been around since the 19... The original was 1952. So at least the name has been around for that long. I think the version that's in Aberdeen right now has been around since the 70s. But as far as I know, you know, because it was all part of the Jumbo Kingdom, you know, in the, in the 1990s, we were talking about the Sea Palace earlier. Well, the Sea Palace was replaced in, I think it was 1990 or something like that, by a new version. So I don't know what happened to the old one. It, it just disappeared, much like the Jumbo has. When it was incorporated into Jumbo Kingdom, they, they brought in a whole new version that was more similar in design to the, to the Jumbo itself. And that one was around until, I think, 2000. And then they towed it to the Philippines. Thankfully, that didn't sink. And it stood in Manila Bay, I believe, for about eight years as the Jumbo Palace. I believe it was called. Apparently in 2009 or 10, it was then towed up to Qingdao in China, where it sat in Qingdao Bay for several years as well. I, I don't know if it's still there. So it does show that it can be, these these restaurants can be towed across the open ocean. Exactly. I mean, the, you know, this, this, the Jumbo Palace was a lot smaller, it has to be said. It was about half the size of the, of the Jumbo the proper jumbo but yeah you know it made the trip from hong kong to manila and then from manila all the way up to Qingdao in north china really isn't it it's near to the uh, korean peninsula i think so yeah i mean it can definitely do the journey so at one point they had all three restaurants they had the sea palace more the jumbo palace they had the thai pack and they had the original jumbo all connected together as the jumbo kingdom and there's a few films that you you can actually see all three of them i think shot probably throughout the 80s um, there were several films that shot scenes in front of them, such as The Protector, which is a Jackie Chan film, which is why I'm quite familiar with it. They shot quite a lot of scenes in Aberdeen, but there's a really nice... So what, is he the protector? He is the protector. <laughs> Not the protector, the protector. <laughs> now, New York has a new weapon. He's a cop with his own way of enforcing the law. his own way of fighting crime. Meet New York's new weapon. Jackie Chan is the protector. But there was a really nice establishing shot of Aberdeen, or at least the, the Shumwan part of it, 
where the restaurants were without Le Chow in the background with nothing on it you know it oh, amazing just, yeah yeah I mean you look at it now and it's just it's just high rise after high rise but back in 1985 it was you can see them doing the kind of the formation work for what was going to be there but for the most part it's completely uh, clean yeah so you can see all of the three restaurants there and then later in uh, oh Bo Derrick film in 1989 Ghost Can't Do It it was a John Derrick film about her husband who who dies and becomes a ghost and inhabits another person's body so that she can find you know a, a partner for her to grow old with when we talk about international films of course they they it doesn't mean that they're all english language by a long way no in fact one of the most common countries or production companies to come over here was um Constantin Films which is a, a German film production company I know you speak German so <laughs> I, I, do you want me to butcher a few German names for you as well well, there was, um, we were speaking earlier about the original Taipak when it moved to Castle Peak Bay. You can actually see it in that state in a 1963 film starring a, a guy called Brad Harris, who was um, an American stuntman. He came over to Hong Kong quite a few times to, to shoot films, but this German film was called Weiser Fracht für Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> so white I have no idea <laughs> I have no idea um, but it, it's basically about a couple of air, airline pilots who come over to fly a plane for someone they find out that they're actually being employed to smuggle drugs ah. um, yeah so they're but they and they say that costs extra yeah. <laughs> no, they're very righteous and they try to investigate what's going on and it gets them into trouble but that's another good film with lots of old locations that you can't see anymore like Euclid in Repulse oh, Bay. Oh of course, yes, they're, the they're, castle. Yeah, they're, they're captured and put as prisoners in Euclid and there's a really nice shot of the side of Euclid as they, they break out and swim away across Repulse Bay. Um, but they filmed a scene when they're walking around Hong Kong actually and it's honestly, I've it's almost like they did the, uh, you know, the trail walker because they start off in Sai Kung <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they walk through Shep Kit May <laughs> and then they finish in Tu Mun so it's, it must have taken them pretty much most of the day but when they finish in two did, months did they, they beat the Gurkhas? <laughs> uh, I don't think they did and they, and they finish up having tea in the in the original Taipak that was at the time in 1963 was uh, was in Castle Peak Bay and that that was the the original kind of boxy one that I was telling you about that didn't really it wasn't really sexy enough for Aberdeen anymore I think right. once the sea post arrived interesting yeah now, yeah. what, what was this movie with uh, Gérard Depardieu? Uh, OK, in 1995, there was um, a French production, Les Angers Guardiens, uh, Guardian Angels, and they filmed a significant amount in Macau as well, actually, Macau and Hong Kong. And there's scenes in Hong Kong, uh, they're being chased by gangsters whose HQ is the Jumbo restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> so they Brilliant. take all their victims back by boat to the oh, to right. the Jumbo and they kind of throw them into the bilge tank in the in the in the bottom of the Jumbo. <laughs> no yum chow for you. No, no. But um so yeah, that, so that's another film that actually did use, you know, the film as a proper location rather than just as background scenery, which I think most, you know, most films really just used it as because it, it looked nice from the outside and so it was always kind of in the background somewhere. The same year, there was a Japanese film, a Godzilla film, Godzilla. <laughs> Godzilla versus Destroyer. Uh, who won? Um, well, in, in, in that movie, it's kind of the opening credits when you're introduced to Godzilla. He kind of pops up in the middle of Victoria Harbour as a plane is taking off and they have to quickly 
veer the plane yeah. out of the way as he's as he pops his head out of the water and starts, you know, firing his lasers. Oh, it's going to be the next thing. I mean, we've had uh, COVID, there's possible monkeypox, Godzilla <laughs> coming out yeah. of the harbour. Yeah, well, just after the Victoria Harbour, he then pops up in Aberdeen Harbour as well. So he's, um, you so know... So do you have all these sampans going all over the place? You, you have the, you know, as I was saying, the three brightly lit restaurants, because it's at night time, so they're all... You know, they're all lit up. My thanks to Hong Kong Movie Locations bar Phil Kenny talking me through there. Some of the movies and television series that have featured the Jumbo Floating Restaurant and other more historic floating seafood restaurants. The German movie Weisse Fracht means white cargo, so heroin in this case. Thanks for listening and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage.